Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Thursday, Thursday after Ash Wednesday. Again, we are in Lent now, beautiful time of year to get closer to the Lord, although we should be doing that every single day, but Lent a very specific time. And speaking of which, the one the only Father Mitch Paco will be along at about 15 minutes past the hour to talk about why incorporating Scripture into our Lenten experience can really help us in our efforts to grow closer to God. He has a new book out called The Commentary on the Book of Isaiah. So we'll chat about that and really ways to incorporate Scripture more deeply and more routinely into your routine And Father Mitch again, of course, uh, with our wonderful programs with TV and radio and his Wednesday night events on EW10. He joins us at 15 minutes past the hour. And we just marked a year for our our cultural connection segment with Father Mitch. I can't believe it's been a year already, but that happened, I think, the anniversary of it was on Friday. So now we've been doing this for just over a year. And so far, we've gotten a really good response on it. It's always great to be able to tap into the wisdom of the amazing Father Mitch Pacwa. And then we're going to be joined by Bobby Schindler. He is the president of the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network, and he's associate scholar also at the wonderful Charlotte Lozier Institute. Now, Bobby, of course, is a pro-life speaker and very busy in the pro-life movement. He's also now part of My Life Angels, and My Life Angels are underwriters for us here at Ave Maria Radio, but they're doing some really, really cool stuff. They have a new program Uh, I would say a program or maybe a a new tool for all of us to make sure that we are protected when it comes to serious situations with our medical conditions. Taking a look at what's going on with the different laws and the policies in the states and what we need to do to protect ourselves for proper medical directives from a Catholic point of view. And so he's going to be back on with us, especially as we look at EW10 News nightly and also I think this is on... Catholic News Agency and the Register did stories on this, but how many states now are pushing for so-called assisted suicide? Of course, in Canada, it's it's like uh, it's crazy in terms of what they're doing and suggesting all sorts of things. You know, you, you break a nail and oh, maybe you want to kill yourself. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but it's just getting to the point where that's the answer. It's either do it at the beginning, an abortion, or God forbid, God forbid, in the middle of your life or the end of your life, something happens. And, you know, just take your own life. We'll save everybody all kinds of problems. So we need to be aware of what's going on in order to make sure that we are protected and that our wishes, God forbid, if something happens, are are carried out. So we'll talk with Bobby Schindler, president of the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network and associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute about my life angel. So it'll be a good discussion, I'm sure. As far as the weather is concerned, we still have a little bit of stuff going on out there. We have two storm systems that will bring locally heavy rain near the coast of the Pacific Northwest, and then we have heavy high elevation snowfall into the Intermountain West throughout the weekend. A fast-moving clipper-type storm will bring accumulating snow across the Great Lakes today and into New England tonight and tomorrow morning. So, again, we still have some issues, and there's uh, some rain and some things to be concerned about. So just keep an eye on that, especially if you're traveling. Speaking of Scripture, I do want to uh, let you know that I think the readings for today are so incredibly beautiful in terms of the fact that we're now into the Lenten season, where our Lord is telling us to take up our cross and follow him. Whoever gives up you know, his life for Jesus will find it, and if you try to keep it, you're going to lose it. And it's so poignant, and I think that's something to pray about today. How are we not giving everything over to God? And this is a time when we're supposed to be doing that much more seriously, obviously, and diving into it more deeply during Lent. The world tells us that it's all about me. You need to take care of yourself, me, myself, and I. As long as you have what you want and you're getting your own satisfaction, everything's going great for you, then that's all that matters. And if it doesn't, leave everything behind and just go, you know, after your latest desires. And yet so many people I know, including uh, me and my husband, we did that and we were miserable. We followed the ways of the world and said, oh, well, it's all about success and money and being yuppies, young urban professionals. And pretty soon, within a very short period of time, after we walked down the aisle at a big Catholic church in Metro Detroit, our marriage and our lives were falling apart because, 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 because Jesus was not at the center. It's not that complicated. We make it complicated. 
And we're scared. We get it. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Because you think, well, this is not what I plan for my life, and this is not what I want or I think I want. Nobody knows us better than God. And you can fight him and fight him and fight him for as long as you want, and you're going to be, and I'm speaking from personal experience, miserable. Now, it doesn't mean to say that we you know, do what Rosie says, and like I say in the first chapter of my book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, offer it up to God and put it at the foot of the cross, that we're not going to have our challenges. Jesus says that in the scripture today in the gospel. But the only way we are going to be truly happy is first and foremost entering into that relationship with Christ and saying, here I am, Lord, I have come to do your will. Because the will that God has for your life is what is going to make you the happiest and the most joyful. doesn't mean we're not going to have issues. Heck, we live in a fallen world. We know that. But at the end of the day, you're still going to feel fulfilled and peace because you know you're doing what God wants you to do. So let's take that to prayer today. I know I'm doing that all day long. The readings are beautiful. The first, of course, from the Old Testament with Moses reminding us to pay attention to what God says and what God is laying down for us and the laws and the commandments. And then Jesus following up on that in the gospel. Right now, though, it's already six minutes past the hour, and we have to get to the news. And we had some very sad news out of Kansas City yesterday. We'll get to that story right now on a Thursday. You are listening to EWTN. At least one person is dead. Twenty-two others hurt following a shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade yesterday. The police chief, Stacy Graves, says that this should not have happened at a time which is supposed to be a time of celebration. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment. And the Kansas City Mayor, Quentin Lucas, picking up on that thought, saying this is not how they expected the day to turn out. We went out today, like everyone in Kansas City, looking to have a celebration. That celebration was marred by a shooting today. Three people are behind bars after yesterday's shooting, which killed again at least one person. Police, though, have yet to determine, they say, a motive, and they don't know if the rally had anything to do with that shooting. An 18-year-old student is behind bars on suspicion of attempted murder after allegedly plotting a school shooting in Ontario, California, outside of Los Angeles yesterday. Ontario Police Chief Michael Lorenz announcing the arrest of the 18-year-old who attends Ontario Christian High School. Via Senor had every intention of carrying out a school shooting at the Ontario Christian High School. Ontario Police Chief Michael Lorenz adding that Sebastian Senor was planning the shooting down to very specific details. During our investigation, we learned Senor was obsessed with school shootings and police response times. He researched tactical supplies and was in the process of choosing a specific date to carry out the school shooting. Ontario Police Chief Michael Lorenz saying the student may have been planning an attack near the anniversary of the Columbine High School shooting. Police also saying they were reportedly tipped off by another student at the school. And more information now coming out about why a gunman targeting Joel Olstein's megachurch in Houston over the weekend. Genesee Moreno had apparently been feuding with her ex-husband over custody of their child. There was a court case over visitation. Newly uncovered documents show that she had been seeking legal assistance from the pastoral staff at the church. That child was with her when she stormed a building armed with an assault rifle. She was killed by security guards. The child was shot and remains still in critical condition. In other news this morning, Catholic News Agency reporting pro-life House members are calling for autopsies and a full investigation into whether federal laws were broken in the late-term abortions of five babies who remains were discovered by pro-life activists in Washington. Several members of Congress and pro-life leaders holding a press conference in front of the Capitol yesterday in which they said the five babies remains suggest they have may, may have been killed via an abortion method known as partial birth abortion, which is banned nationally under federal law. And the 40 Days for Life campaign is inviting others to join, as Catholic News Agency tells us, in 40 days of prayer during the Lenten season for an end to abortion. The international 40-day campaign seeking to end abortion locally through prayer and fasting, community outreach, and peaceful all-day vigils outside of abortion facilities, and that's according to the group's website. Now, starting with yesterday, obviously the beginning of Lent, and ending on Palm Sunday, March 24th, Individuals may take part in prayer vigils happening outside of abortion facilities in their local communities. The campaign aiming to have those taking part 
hold prayer vigils nonstop around the clock for the 40-day, 960-hour period. In other news this morning, Rory O'Neill tells us U.S. military is saying it has seized advanced conventional weapons being shipped by the Iranians. While on patrol in the Arabian Sea, the U.S. Coast Guard cutter Clarence Sutfin Jr. stopped a boat bound for Yemen and the Houthi rebels who had been launching attacks on shipping interests in the region. U.S. Central Command reports that a boarding team found 200 packages containing ballistic missile components, explosives, even components for unmanned underwater vehicles. Iran's direct or indirect supplying of these weapons violates a U.N. Security Council resolution. A pair of climate protesters arrested after dumping pink powder over the case containing the U.S. Constitution. The vandalism took place yesterday afternoon at the National Archives in Washington. Officials say the Constitution, though, appeared undamaged. Republicans want the president to submit a cognitive test as part of his annual physical. Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson, who was Trump's chief medical advisor, pointed to a special counsel report on classified documents that included strong statements about Biden's memory. If you're not cognitively fit to stand trial or to answer accusations against you, you're obviously not cognitively fit to be the president. There are reports Democratic senators are privately admitting to worries that Joe Biden's age and health, meanwhile, could cost their party the White House. Two new polls have former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley trailing the former President Donald Trump by more than 30 points in her home state. She trails 65% to 29% in a Winthrop University poll and 65% to 30% in a CBS News poll. While most polls of South Carolina Republicans show high job approval ratings for her when she served as governor, the overwhelming number of Republicans in the state do prefer, according to the research, Trump as president. The South Carolina Republican primary is on February 4th, just nine days away. A 19-year-old migrant, as Scott Pringle tells us, is accused now in the attack on two police officers in Times Square and a robbery at a Queens Macy, and he's due in court. Police accused Darwin Gomez Isquiel of being part of a group that stole clothing from Macy's and assaulted an employee at the Queen Center Mall Tuesday. He had previously been arrested for his alleged role in the January 27th attack on officers in Times Square and then was released without bail. That's a move that Governor Kathy Hochul says was a mistake. Meanwhile, police are still looking for three others involved in the Macy's incident. And New York City is suing social media companies over their roles in fueling the mental health crisis among children. New York Mayor Eric Adams saying the city is joining hundreds of school districts across the country in filing a lawsuit against the companies that own TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube as well. Our most recent data found that young people in New York City are experiencing anxiety, hopelessness, and even attempted suicide at rates we have never seen before. Adams saying there's growing evidence that the power of social media is a major cause of those issues. The lawsuit seeking to force the social media giants to change their behavior and recover costs. New York, he says, spends more than $100 million on youth mental health services every year. He also announced a social media action plan to hold those companies accountable, provide education and support to young people and their families, and study the long-term impacts of social media on youth. Lisa G. tells us Harvey Weinstein's attorneys are heading back to court. The attorneys are challenging the former movie mogul's 2020 conviction on rape charges in front of the New York State's Court of Appeals. The lawyers claim the judge at that trial repeatedly made rulings that favored the prosecution. Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison in that case, and last year he was sentenced to an additional 16 years after being convicted on similar charges in Los Angeles. 14 minutes past the hour now. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network on a Thursday, the day after Lent began. It is a Thursday after Lent, February, or after Ash Wednesday, February 15th. The Intuitive Machines moon lander blasting off into space. A Falcon 9 rocket carrying the moon lander had a successful liftoff at the Kennedy Space Center overnight. And it will orbit the moon for about 24 hours before attempting to land and bring six NASA instruments to the moon, as well as six commercial payloads. It is, again, a Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. When we come back, we are going to encourage you to incorporate Scripture, if you haven't done already, more regularly into your life, starting with a brand-new book by our very own Father Mitch Pacwa. It is a commentary on the amazing Old Testament book of Isaiah. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Estate planning gives our loved ones peace in time to mourn. At MyCatholicWill.com, a legal will is as simple as 15 minutes filling out information about your family. The standard cost is $79.95. However, thanks to our partnership with MyCatholicWill.com, when you use the promo code AVE, A-V-E, your will is absolutely free. No hidden cost whatsoever. Visit MyCatholicWill.com. Teaching your kids to swim has never been easier, thanks to Big Blue Swim School in Ann Arbor. In their mobile app, you can schedule a weekly 30-minute lesson for each of your children all at the same time. You can also cancel and reschedule a lesson with the most flexible makeup class policy of any local swim school, including 15 free makeup lessons. Learn more at BigBlueSwimSchool.com. Register by March 17th to get 60% off your first four lessons when you mention Ave Maria Radio. Greetings, brothers in Christ. I'm Bishop Earl Boyer, inviting you to the Accept the Challenge Catholic Men's Conference on March 16th at the Gervin Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. We've lined up incredible nationally renowned speakers, Justin Fatika, Doug Barry, and our very own Father Joe Krupp. There will also be Mass, Confessions, and a wide variety of Catholic ministries to help you grow as a man of God. Visit acceptthechallenge.org to register today. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Seventeen minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Always great to tap into the wisdom of our very own Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN, a noted author, scripture scholar, teacher of the faith. And speaking of author, author, new book just released from Tan, commentary on the book of Isaiah. Father, happy Lent to you. I hope you had a good Ash Wednesday yesterday. was <laughs> It was just there because... We actually started Lent on Monday in the Maronite Rite. Ah. And so we have Ash Monday. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Apparently some of us need just a little bit extra penance, so a couple extra days (laughs) to get in there. (laughs) Well, either way, we're glad you're with us, especially during this most important time of year. So first of all, tell us about the book. We'll give you a little shameless plug here, but I just love learning more about Scripture. So share do, please, on the book. I wrote this uh, commentary on Isaiah for the Catholic Scripture Study uh, organization oh, okay. some Great. years yeah. ago, and and they used it, and I wanted that to have a wider audience. Um, the, the two things that I do uh, with this commentary that I haven't seen in other ones is that I organized it by the history of the book. So the Isaiah scroll is uh, the second largest book in the Old Testament, or in the whole Bible, actually. Uh, Only the Psalms is larger. And it was composed over a period, you know, Isaiah began prophesying about the year 750. Uh, we know that chapter 6 is in 745 B.C., and the first five chapters in And then the last section goes all the way over to about 475 B.C. And there was uh, apparently a whole school that was started by Isaiah. The way you would start, say, a religious order, and the people who belong to that community continue to be influenced by the original Isaiah's teaching, but they would also write new prophecies that apply to new circumstances, such as the Babylonian exile. Uh, and then when they got back from the exile, 
So that's why you have these other sections. Um, and they were making it relevant to the new situations and new times. So that's what we were dealing with. And I organized it uh, according to what the best scholarship sees as it's the history of the book. So that's what we have there. But also, the second thing I do is go through the individual verses and explain them so that folks will be able to see the context and understand the individual verses in that context. I think that's uh, something that would people would find really helpful. We're talking with Father Mitch Paco about his latest book, which recently was issued from our friends at TAM Books, and we'll put the link there, and you can, of course, go to the EW TAM Religious Catalog for more information. <laughs> Father, uh, do you think we're doing, I think we are, but I'd love your opinion on this before we take a break. By the way, we're probably going to have to call you back because you're a little bit muffled, and I want to make sure everybody... Uh, can understand what you're saying, so hopefully we can get a better connection. But we'll just briefly ask you, do you think the the daily or I would say average Catholic, faithful Catholic, is getting better at incorporating Scripture into their daily lives? What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the great changes that came after Vatican Council was that the lectionary went from a one-year cycle to a three-year cycle. And as a result, the um, uh, people are just hearing more scripture at Sunday Mass, and then if they go to daily Mass, they also hear more than they used to. Uh, the, and I think that there have been a lot more Catholic commentaries on scripture written in the last 50 years than we used to have. I can remember when some of the first post-conciliar uh, commentaries came out. They were very short, but people were just hungry for them. Now we're seeing Catholics develop a good series of commentaries by some really fine scripture scholars. And it's um, something that is affecting the way priests preach. Uh, they talk more about scripture. And it's also affecting the way that people are um, you know, having their own Bible studies, like right. Catholic Scripture studies. Yeah. That's a good example of one. But a lot of other uh, Catholic organizations, St. Augustine Institute, uh, EWTN itself has been offering Scripture classes for a long time. I started... Mm-hmm. Uh, my first scripture series on the network 40 years ago. And we've been doing those ever since. So I think it's really, really uh, improved. And you add to that the renaissance of Catholic publications in general. That, you know, in the late 60s and into the 70s and 80s, Catholic publications are just not very good. Right, right. Now it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. Exploding. It's exploding. So much. Yeah. So much. I, can, I can't keep up with it all. It really is wonderful, and I can remember uh, years ago, and Catholic Scripture Study has been around for a long time because uh, about, well, shortly after probably about 10 years after Dominic and I came back to the church, we started the Catholic Scripture Study program in our parish, and I was in it for years, and I mm-hmm. loved it. And people like yourself and, and uh, Steve Ray and others would, would write the, the commentaries. And it was just so great to be able to sit around and just have conversations with each other about the importance of Scripture in our lives and, and just being able to dive into it more deeply. And I don't think we give ourselves enough, enough credit as Catholics because if you think about even if you, you only do Mass once a week and meet that weekly obligation, if you think about the cycle of readings, right, Father, after a three-year period, you're going to hear a lot of Scripture. You've got a lot that covers uh, the majority of the most important texts. I mean, we don't usually go through all the lists of names, and we don't really cover too many of the Old Testament laws. But apart from that, we cover the, 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 the rest of the Bible really well. And, you know, I'm sometimes amazed 
but I found many converts tell me that they hear more scripture coming to Catholic Mass than they did at their own previous experience of services. They just, um, they just hear more scripture. And yeah. then, as you hear it, you begin to recognize how the Mass prayers themselves Yes. As a matter of fact, Deacon Don, when he was in seminary, they had a class at Sacred Heart Major Seminary that went through all the scriptural verses from beginning to end of the Mass. And outside of the intercessions and, of course, the homily, which is a reflection on the readings, everything is scriptural. So we are the original Bible Christians. We'll be right back more with Father Mitch Pacwa when we return. with our very own Father Mitch Pacwa on our Cultural Connection segment, which we do every Thursday here on Catholic Connection on EWTN. And speaking of Scripture, we're talking about Scripture with Father Mitch. EWTN is offering the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from Our Lady of the Angels Chapel live every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern because we want you to draw closer to our Eucharistic King. Now, here's the details. Speaking of being able to have resources, EWTN offers a free Mass Guide booklet including both the English and Latin text to help you follow along with the Mass and unite us worldwide. So all you need to do for your free booklet or ebook is visit EWTN.com slash Catholicism and then just click on the readings. It is that simple. Again, EWTN.com slash Catholicism and click on the readings. So, Father, yeah, Deacon Dom and I came back to the Catholic Church through a Bible study, so Scripture is so important to us. And I think it's great when you... Study scripture together as a family. Let's say even if you're not doing, let's say, a total Bible study, but just to be able to sit down and do the readings every day, it really makes you feel connected, obviously, because we are with the Universal mm-hmm. Church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not, not only the, the church around the world, but by Universal Church, we're talking about the church of the past as well. This is the same sacred scripture that was read by the the saints back in the first century, second century, third century, it's on on all through history. We've been reading and meditating on scripture for 2,000 years. And here's one of the things I wrote in one of my my second book, uh, which was, uh, Father, Forgive Me for I'm Frustrated. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that book, I wrote down that we need a sound spiritual diet. Our spiritual diet is composed of the meat of our faith being sacred scripture. And secondly, the potatoes should be the writings of the church, you know, the official texts of church, church teaching. Uh, from the councils, the encyclicals, things like that. And then the vegetables of our faith should be the writings of the saints who reflect on both of those previous two. This is where we are going to find you know, our, um, our, our spiritual nourishment. And, even, and there's a great one in the Vatican II uh, document on the liturgy saying that we are fed at two tables, the, the table of the Word of God and the table of the Eucharist. So at Mass, we, we are able to receive the body of Christ and, and the body, blood, soul, and divinity at the altar, but the pulpit is a table of God's Word because it's in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 that Moses said, man is uh, fed not by bread alone, but Mm -hmm. by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And later, in the prophet Amos, he wrote that there will be a famine, not of bread, but a famine of the Word of God. Mm. So if we are not being nourished by God's Word, it's a self-imposed famine. There have been times in societies where having a Bible was a crime. 
It was a crime in Soviet Union. It was a crime in the Roman Empire. And there are places where it's not allowed in our public schools and, and other places. We have to take those opportunities where we can to ingest the Word of God and make it our own and be spiritually nourished by it. This is crucial. But at the same time, we have to understand the Bible, the New Testament was written 2,000 years ago. The Old Testament began being written 3,000 years ago. It does help to have commentaries and right. other studies so that you can understand the cultural background. And then when you see the Scripture in its context, then you can begin to understand the, the common human reality and the common spiritual life that we share with the ancients. And it is rife with wisdom and truth about God that our society would have us neglect or exactly. deny. Even just like the, the readings today, Father, I think about the readings today, right, with the Old Testament reading and the first reading from Moses saying that we have to follow the law of God. And then Jesus, yes. you know, fulfilling that by talking about take up your cross and, and follow me. To me, it yes. helps so much to have the commentary of experts like yourself and then also mm-hmm. being able to go to church teaching because sometimes we forget to put it in context of the time of when it was written and what does yes. that mean for us today? Yes. See, this is key. And, you know, I've, I got a Ph.D. in Scripture. I've been reading the entire Bible every year for the last 50 years. Mm. Uh, you know, I started that as a not 55 years. Almost 56 years. It, they, the time goes fast, even as we speak. Yeah. So, but, you know, even with that, I need commentaries to give me new insight into the historical context, the vocabulary. Uh, you know, you, you, when I read things, I see puns. Uh, that you don't, you, you can't translate into English, mm-hmm. and some of them are really, really interesting. But the commentators help us with that. That's what we look at them to get some more insight. Yeah, I think it's it's it, we're just so blessed to have and, and and the depth of commentary that we have. In addition to books like yours, I mean, so many amazing uh, teachers you're you're teaching, but also Dr. Scott Hahn and so many others who help us really yes. break apart the scriptures. I just want to give the name of your book again. I love the cover. It's beautifully put together. Commentary on the Book of Isaiah, an in-depth look at the Gospel of the Old Testament from our friends at TAN, and of course we'll put a link to it on the Catholic Connection archives. And we've been talking with Father Mitch this morning in our Cultural Connections about the importance, uh, not only of this beautiful book to help you understand Isaiah more deeply, but really the importance of embracing scripture, especially during Lent. Father, for me, one of the greatest ways, easiest things to do is to you know grab your Magnificat or your Word Among Us or go onto our yes. website and just look at the readings and just see what the reflections are in the summaries, right? And and if you have a chance to get to a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, go and take the commentary with you. Archbishop yep. Sheen suggested that and meditate on the Scripture and gain that context. Yep, and ask the Lord to, to, to show you what he wants you to get from that particular well, see, chapter, that's right? The other thing, too, the prayer is, may the same Lord, Holy Spirit, who inspired the Scriptures, also inspire us to understand it. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't understand it. Say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm scratching my head over this one. Can you help me figure this out? What am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to apply it to my own life? And God will speak to you. You just have to sit there and listen and be open because Scripture is just powerful and just so packed with so much needed information well, and guidance in our lives. Along that line, when I was a, from Thomas and Alice, when I came across passages I didn't understand, I just kept reading. Yep. Because I figured later on, I can come back and then understand. Yeah, and then boom, something happens. It hits you like a ton of bricks, like that old V8 commercial. Where have I been all these years? Father, great to have you on. Safe travels and you're on the road. Beautiful new book from our friend, Father Mitch Pacwa. Commentary on the book of Isaiah, an in-depth look at the gospel of the Old Testament, published by Tan Books. We'll have a link to it as well on Catholic Connection Archives.
We are your pro-life radio and TV network. That's right, EWTN.com. Check it out, all those great resources there for you. And we have great resources on the air with our wonderful guests, including Bobby Schindler, who is a semi-regular on this program and many programs on EWTN, a great pro-life warrior. Of course, our friend Bobby has been working in the pro-life movement for many years. And really, in honor of his sister, Terry Schiavo, he's the president of the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network and also associate scholar at the amazing Charlotte Lozier Institute, one of my favorite resources for great pro-life information. And so, Bobby, what we're going to be talking about today, uh, My Life Angels, I know you uh, told me about this amazing opportunity and this amazing tool for people. I think it was almost two years ago now that we were talking about it, and I know that you're one of our uh, wonderful underwriters at Ave Maria. But, Bobby, if you think about the timing of this, we were just interviewing on EW10 News Nightly, uh, Tracy Sabaugh, I think it was on Monday night, she interviewed, and his name um, escapes me, but he's an expert on the subject of euthanasia in Canada, another pro-life warrior. But he was looking at what's going on in this country with the push for all these euthanasia laws. And so knowing what you're trying to do for us here with this tool is super, super important. So tell us, first of all, about My Life Angels and, and what you're doing with this now. Sure. Well, thank you, Teresa. And you're right. We've never been busier. and it's obvious to us because we're, we're into this day to day that things are worsening, uh, and, and health, the healthcare system and, and also the assisted suicide issue has really become very active. But I, I think we would all agree, agree, Teresa, that we need to protect ourselves. Right. We, we need to have medical documents in place, uh, in case we were ever in a situation like my sister Terry, where we're unable to speak for ourselves. Uh, we need someone to step in and be our care, our, our advocate, someone who's going to uh, make sure that we get what we want as far as uh, medical treatment. And we all know we need this, Teresa, but, you know, I, I think the public doesn't like dealing with uh, coming to the realization that we might at some point have an end-of-life end of situation or we might experience some type of disability where we're dependent on others for care. But if we get to that point, it's too late. That's why we need to prepare now. And the best way to do that is to we have powerful weapons to fight back against our healthcare system today because it's becoming more and more run and operated by people who don't share our values and they don't look at us with the same type of God-given human dignity. So we have to protect ourselves now, and the best way to do that is educate ourselves, obviously, and and also appoint someone who's going to be our decision maker if we're unable to. Someone who is a heroic type of advocate, someone who's going to be able to to you know, strongly step in and, and understand what we're up against and be able to fight for you if, if it ever comes to that. And uh, not only do, do we have that available now for, for the public, but what's even more exciting is that it, it's all digitized. You can do it safely and secure. So you can, you can, once you get all this information, you can put it right on your smartphone so you can access it at any time. It's always available, these important documents, to identify your health care agent and other medical records that you have right there uh, when you need them if you are in a crisis situation. So how has it been received, by the way, this, this tool that's available now? Well, it, it's, been, it's, it's getting the word out that it's available, uh, Teresa, and, and it's getting people to understand that they, they need to do this now. And, and again, uh, I think COVID, COVID really exposed a lot with what's happening in our healthcare system and, and how we're losing more and more of our, our autonomy, our right, you know, informed consent, our right to to make decisions, whether it's for ourselves or if we're unable to, someone else to make, to make those decisions. So it's just getting the word out that this is available. And, and the other thing I wanted to add, Teresa, that's really exciting about this, say, for example, that, that, you, uh, that you enter into an emergency room and you're unconscious. As long as you have your, your – if, if you download this My, My Life Angels app – what will happen is if you go into an emergency room, it'll trigger uh, where it'll know that you are entered into an emergency room. And wow. your, your loved ones, yeah, your loved ones will be notified immediately who you identify as your health care surrogate. Anybody that you put in your circle of friends, they will be immediately notified on their phone that you've been entered into a hospital and, and to please contact the hospital because it'll give you all that information. And so you can be there and, and ready to go at moment's notice if your loved one's in a situation where they, where they need you, or just the fact that, that, you, that you need to know someone's been, you know, entered or admitted into the emergency room, that that all is, can be accessed with this My Life Angels app. So how do we access the app? How do we get it? 
Well, if you go to mylifeangels.com, uh, you go there and you can learn all about this, and uh, and and you know, it'll step, take take you through step by step, and it's it's really quite easy, uh, particularly with the technology we have today, uh, to to go through the process. It, it'll take less than fifteen minutes, and then you're all set. It, there is a a monthly fee uh, to to sign up for this, uh, but um, you can go on and, and research and learn all about it, and, and you can also educate yourself. So all these issues that that we're dealing with every day. And understand, as I said, Teresa, kind of what we're up against and, and how we can't take for granted that we're going to get the care that we want if we're ever in a crisis situation. Amen to that. Talking with Bobby Schindler, president of the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network and associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute about My Life Angels, mylifeangels.com. I know the person I was thinking about. I know you know his, his great work. Uh, and it's uh, he's the executive director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, Alex Schadenberg, who was on uh, EW10 News Nightly earlier this week talking about, and he's based in Canada, but talking about the push in the United States for expanded euthanasia laws and talking about killing people. It's, it really is incredible. And, and also you think about what's happening in Canada now where there's all these suggestions that they're trying to push forward. It's already really bad there, and it's you know, right across from us, saying that, well, if a person is, you know, feels mentally unfit or feels pressured or whatever, you know, they encourage you to think about taking your own life. I mean, this is just off the charts, I mean, I don't know what to call it. It's just so evil. But And then we're seeing 20 states, he says, in the U.S. that are debating assisted suicide bills, Bobby. Yeah, which, which even everything you're saying, Teresa, and everything that Alex shares is why it's so important that you have to protect yourself uh, today and, and get this, these documents in place now. And as, as I said, if it, once it happens, it's too late. But you're right. The assisted suicide issue, even in the United States, right now there's 10 states that, that it's legal to... Uh, physician-assisted suicide, and there's eight states since January that have introduced new legislation, and there's eight states on top of that that's still spilling over from 2023. Now, I don't think all these states are going to pass this year, but, I mean, just think about it, Teresa. Say hypothetically they do. You have more than half the states in the United States that are now legalized physician-assisted suicide, and on top of that, uh, they're dropping the resident clause. So, say, for example, maybe you already noticed, Teresa, but say, uh, so, so Vermont and Oregon, they both have legalized assisted suicide. Well, no longer do you, do you have to be a resident of Vermont and Oregon to, to, um, to subscribe to physician assisted suicide. You can travel from another state and come to Vermont and Oregon now. Say if you're, if you're from Ohio, you can travel to Vermont or Oregon and you can, you can qualify for assisted suicide. And there's been a lot of ink on this in, in the press because, of course, they're promoting it. Right. Uh, there's a woman in Connecticut that came into Vermont recently, and you would have thought that she she was some type of, uh, uh, you know, she was given like this heroic um, articles about how she's the first person to, to travel from one state into a state to, uh, to to kill herself. So it's, you know, as I said, starting off, Teresa, we're into this every single day with doing this. So we see what's happening, and I think, you know, a lot of the public, they understand just how the progress of this death agenda, uh, the progress that they're making, and how important it is to protect ourselves. What is this obsession, Bobby, with death, do you think? Uh, You have it, obviously, in abortion, but in your sister's case, where she was not dying, she was not terminally ill, uh, she was injured, she had a brain injury, and even if she were, God forbid, the answer, why do people think that the answer is death, either, again, uh, in the womb or in life? Well, I think I said earlier, I, uh, we, we, you know, suffering differently. It's, 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 it, I guess it comes down to a lot of, you know, not having the same shared values, Teresa. But it's also money. I mean, just like the abortion industry, um, where, where the money is being made from abortion, with this, with this issue, the money is being saved, right? Because you don't have to spend the money. Say, for example, someone like Terry, who's going to need, who's going to need long-term care. It's going to cost money to take care of her because of her brain injury. She's depending on others uh, for, for that type of care, and she needs medical assistance. Well, that's costly, right? So it's much easier to end Terry's life quickly, so we don't have to, we don't have to incur the healthcare system. We don't have to incur that cost. Now, if you take that, you know, across the whole country with all the medical facilities and healthcare facilities, and there are huge numbers we're talking about now of, of cost savings for people that we rather kill quickly than than provide long term care for them. And if you see the language and how families are being persuaded uh, to end the lives of their loved ones and, and how it's being rationalized and justified and how families are accepting it because, 
you know, they don't they don't know or, or they think they're doing the right thing. That's why it's so important we need to educate ourselves and, and understand it, particularly when it comes to Catholic teaching. And incidentally, the the, um, the Catholic Conference of Bishops they also support a health care surrogate. Uh, for, for yourself, if, if you if, you know, to identify someone's going to speak for you. So that's why how important it is that we need to protect ourselves. So, Bobby, when we go to the website for My Life Angels, you said there's a lot of resources in addition to signing up uh, for the actual app. You can learn more about these issues, right? Oh, absolutely, and and I, and I think you can understand just all the ways healthcare is able to, to take our lives today, and, and again, why it's so important to understand these issues. So. Uh, you're well informed, and, and you know you know how to fight back, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We're, you know, we're patient advocates, Teresa. We're just trying to right. help people protect themselves, and, and that's what's most important. And we 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 know that God has given us you know human dignity, and and, and He's our divine Creator, and, and we must do everything we can to uh, to make sure that that we're doing things properly and according to His will. But there's such a connection if you connect the dots. Like just recently, I, I was interviewing. Dr. Ray Grandi about this new report from the Centers for Disease Control that's talking about young people being overwhelmingly hopeless. And so because they don't feel that they have anything to live for, they are turning to drugs and alcohol and even the possibility, God forbid, of killing themselves to the point where now you have is it this, this failure, though, Bobby, to connect the dots out there in the world. You have the mayor of New York. Okay, he is now suing major social media companies because of the impact they're having on kids. And he says more kids are turning to suicide versus trying to get help because they're, they have all this pressure. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. But you're not offering them true options. You know, when you take God out of everything... There is hopelessness. Well, Teresa, I mean, think what, think what's happening. Look, look at the abortion issue. Uh, we have now become comfortable, so to speak, with killing the unborn child for, what, 50 years? Yeah. And if you yeah. don't think that impacts, I mean, look at the kids that have grown up with this issue, where they look at unborn child as, you know, having no value. It's, look how easy it is to, that, that, that society has accepted killing them. And you, you don't think that's going to impact our, our culture where, where we are today? Where, where, you know, where death now is the answer to, to so many problems that we have in our, in our country. I mean, it's, 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 the reason we're dealing so much with euthanasia today is because, uh, how we've been dealing with abortion for the last 50 years. And what's the old saying? You, 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 you value one life, you value, you value exactly. all lives. And, and I think that's what's, what we're seeing. This is all a consequence of what we, how we've devalued in the wickedness of abortion. Yeah, but they seem to want it both ways. They seem to want to stand up against, uh, you know, certain areas of society, especially with youth who uh, are thinking about suicide, and they want to stop that. But at the same time, they want it to be, you know, open season, you know, no pun intended, to be able to take your life if, if you're just not happy or if literally some of these things they're recommending in Canada are ridiculous and elsewhere. So, but you can't have it both ways. I mean, this is what happens. It starts to implode because you're, you're talking about the dignity of the human person that's being lost. You're absolutely right. You can't have it both ways. And, and Wesley J. Smith, who I know you know, we yes. know who, mm-hmm. who is, my gosh, he, what a voice he's been yep. for the last 30, 40 years. And he writes about this all the time, how they contradict each other. And, you know, as you said, uh, you know, on one hand, we're, we're legalizing assisted suicide by doctors, and on the other hand, we're saying, you know, don't kill yourself, you know. <laughs> so it's, uh, you're sending out mixed messages. And, uh, of course, people are going to be confused. And, and it's going to, you know, these types of things don't just happen in the vacuum. And right. when you legalize a system of suicide, it's going to impact uh, people the way they think about this issue. And, you know, if we look at death as the answer to human suffering, then, you know, the, what do they say, Teresa? The, the, the slippery slope always wins. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's what we're seeing in our culture today, unfortunately. I, I hate to paint such a negative picture, but, you know, we have to deal with, with the reality. And, and I think a lot of people know now what, what we're up against and, uh, and what we're seeing on, on so many fronts, an infiltration of, as you said earlier, these godless people that are running our, our major institutions now, and healthcare is one of them, and we just have to do everything we can to educate ourselves and fight back. Well, the good news is we have great pro-life warriors like yourself, Bobby, that are making a difference, mylifeangels.com, to check it out. And also the fact that all this confusion and this craziness, people are, are starting to pay attention, I believe, because they realize that we have the truth mylifeangels.com check it out for a great tool in these very critical times our guest has been the amazing pro-life warrior bobby schindler we'll be right back if it's pasta you crave and you want it homemade that's antonio's 
If you're looking for real authentic Italian cuisine, Antonio's Cucina Italiana and Roman Village is the place to go. Everything is made fresh, in-house, fatt in casa. All our pastas, pizza, soups and sauces are prepared fresh daily. Visit any Antonio's in Roman Village where we do Italian right. Antonio's Cucina Italiana. The heart of the interior life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the sixth rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 rules for the discernment of spirits, he instructs us to extend ourselves in some suitable way of doing penance, to assist us in changing ourselves and our response to the experience of spiritual desolation. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, The penance is suitable when it counters the precise tendency to flight we feel in the spiritual desolation and permits us to act against the specific form of desolation we are undergoing. St. Ignatius is directing us to consider a suitable penance that will be an action that counters the very actions that desolation is pushing one towards. For example, if the lies of the enemy during spiritual desolation make a person feel far from God, a suitable way of doing penance could be an intentional turning to God in prayer and with trust. What suitable form of penance might you practice in spiritual desolation? For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. Fifty-six minutes past the hour on a Thursday, February fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-four. So appreciate your listenership and thank you for taking us on your Lenten journey. Don't forget great resources. EWTN.com. Doug Keck joins us tomorrow, and of course, Fact Check Friday. Adomani. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.